this is a short story, and I very may well have been in immediate danger. There's no way to really know. I was 18 at the time, I'm a girl. I live in a suburb of a large city, and attend a city's university. I did not yet have a vehicle, and public transportation in my city is pretty shit. Only buses, but they didn't go out to my neighborhood, so I had to take a charter bus to the city, and then about three more buses to get to the university. During this time, I have gotten quite used to being catcalled and stared at, sometimes even followed for short distances. I always carry pepper spray, and since it's always broad daylight, I was never too concerned. But one day, I missed my first bus, meaning in order to catch the next one, if I wanted to get to class in time, I'd have to walk five blocks down the street and turn right for three more blocks. About halfway through my trek, I noticed a very large and kept man following me. He seemed to be very unstable. We have a lot of heavy drug users in my city, some more dangerous to the public than others. As I finally approached my stop, I grew cold, realizing that the man was also stopped, waiting for the bus. I started to feel that detached autopilot feeling. I just need to get to school, then I'll be fine, I remember thinking. Just then, another man riding a bike rode past us, then looped around, stopped, and waited beside me. When the bus got there, I got on the bus. Then the big man who sat not directly beside me, but in the row directly beside the row I sat on. Then the bike man put on his bike on the front of the bus, which was going the opposite direction he was riding. And he got on and sat on the seat beside me. He did not say one word to me. After a couple of stops, the big man got off rather abruptly, quickly, and when he did, bike man also got off and rode back the way he came. I was very scared, but I think bike man was looking out for me that day. I wish I could thank him for being there for me. A scared girl just a few months out of high school and a total stranger. Thank you, bike man. I hope you're well. First time posting on this subreddit, I am a short, medium-sized girl. One day, around the time I was eight months pregnant, I made a trip out to Target to buy some things. I'm a very cautious person, constantly looking at my surroundings with mild paranoia, mostly inherited from my mom, who raised three kids on her own, so she was always on guard. I got out of my new car, which I parked a little far from the store entrance, for two reasons. I didn't want to get any dents from other drivers, and I tried to get as much exercise as I could since I was pregnant. As I'm walking, I notice a huge red truck with three men inside with the windows down. I assumed they were waiting for someone inside the store, but something creeped up my neck when I made eye contact with the driver. I turned quickly away and immediately began to feel self-conscious. A small girl visibly pregnant, I suddenly felt so vulnerable. Up until that point, my pregnancy was smooth and never made me feel like a target. Once I finally got into the store, I felt more relaxed and went about my shopping. When I left the store and noticed the truck was still there, I put my bag in the trunk and got in my car quickly, turned it on and drove away. I noticed in my rearview mirror that the truck was also taking off with only the same three men inside it. My heart sank. I realized they weren't waiting for anyone inside the store. I got in the lane that can only make a left turn, and they were in a lane that can only go straight a few cars behind me. I thought, great, 
were not going in the same direction. I was just being paranoid. As I pass the light turning, I see the red truck switch into the lane I was in to turn left. I sped up to catch the next light turning yellow to put as much distance between them and me. I drove a little faster than usual, but as I realized, even if I made it home, they could still follow me there, and I would be going to an empty house. So instead, I drove past my street to a shopping center that had a Starbucks. The drive through wraps around the building so you aren't visible to the main road I was driving in. I was getting into the drive through and noticed the red truck going on a road I just left. They drive past the Starbucks and I think, good. As I'm still in the drive through I see the truck pass by again in the opposite direction, almost as if they were looking for me. I wait in the drive through for other cars to leave. At this time, I call my sister and tell her I'm heading to her place. I didn't want to go home and my boyfriend wouldn't be home for several hours. As I'm driving to my sister's house, which is 25 minutes away, my mind just begins to wonder if they had caught up to me or what could have happened if those men were following me. Any danger that could have happened to me or my baby made me so paranoid I didn't leave my house for the remainder of my pregnancy. I was shaking by the time I got to my sister's. I told her all the details I could remember. To the two men in that red truck, I've never seen you since, and let's not meet. This story took place a while ago, but I tried to keep all the details exactly as I remembered them. I also consulted the friend mentioned in the story for her input as well. My best friend and I have lived in the same neighborhood our entire lives. It's medium-sized and painfully suburban. You know, that kind of has a whole three houses style throughout the entire thing. It's all so ridiculously safe. Not that that's a bad thing. So our parents were never uncomfortable letting us walk our dogs or go to the park or playground alone. We did not have cell phones. We were never uncomfortable either, as we know just about everyone. I had never felt unsafe here until this day when I was 11. My friend and I were walking the dog together. We decided to walk her to the playground and hang out there for a while. To give you an idea of the setup, this park is downhill from the main street where the houses are. There's a long driveway going down it to the street that is bordered on both sides by very tall and dense trees. Once you get down this driveway, more like a street, there's a small parking lot, tennis courts and basketball court, and a playground. Behind the playground is a small section of woods that is a lot denser than it looks. It's easy to get lost in there if you don't already know your way through, which my friend and I do. Anyway, this park is surrounded by trees on all sides, and the only notable entrance is the long driveway making it actually very isolated from the surrounding houses. Usually no one ever uses a small parking lot, but on this day, there was a beat up red pickup truck. It was strange, but something about the truck immediately made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I just did not trust it. Before I could say anything to my friend, who later said she did not feel anything strange at first, a man's voice called out to us from the passenger side window. It was deep, gruff, and oddly slurred. He tried to call us over and his friend, the driver, also joined in. They said they wanted directions and could we, pretty young girls, help them out. 
My friend started to walk over, and as she did, the first man got out of the truck. He was much bigger than either of us, and clearly drunk, even to the two preteens. My friend had stopped walking at this point, but that is when he lunged towards her, grabbing for her wrist or something worse. We both screamed and her dog started to bark, which threw him off enough for her to pull away and for us to start sprinting. We could hear them yelling and cursing behind us, but I'm not sure if they were sober enough to even really walk, let alone chase after us through the woods that we had already just entered. Remember how I said you have to know these woods to be able to get through them? Well, living and playing in the neighborhood our entire lives paid off that day, because we were able to lose them. We got away safely once we made it back to our house. Breathless and sobbing, we told our parents. They called the police, but by the time they got to the park, the truck and the man were gone. As far as I know, they were never found and nothing ever came of it. We were safe, and our lives went back to normal. Still, even while sitting here writing this years later, the memory of that man's voice sends shivers up my spine. I don't know what your intentions with us were but scary drunk dudes at the park. Let's not meet. This is the story of three disturbing encounters with the same man. Let's not make it four. I was 15 years old at the time and out to a weekend afternoon movie with my friend. We were really early, so we decided to take a look around a nearby toy store to kill some time before the previews began. I was strolling absent-mindedly down an aisle by myself, looking at toys I felt far too old for, when I heard an odd whistle. If you've ever heard the iPhone notification chime, then you have an idea of the sound I heard. I thought nothing of it, maybe it was someone's phone, and moved through the aisles, eventually meeting up with my friend. We walked around a bit more, talking and laughing, and I heard that whistle once again. Being preoccupied with my conversation more than anything, I still didn't pay it any mind. On our way out of the store, I heard the whistle for a third time, but much closer, practically right over my shoulder, and I whipped around mid-sentence. A man stood there, grinning from ear to ear in a strangely sinister way. The smile didn't fully reach his eyes. He was a bit on the small side, scraggly with long hair tied back in a ponytail. He had on a tattered black t-shirt which hung loosely off his thin frame and a bulging black drawstring backpack. Hi, he said, stretching his lips even wider around his contrastingly bright white teeth. As a teenage girl, I was no stranger to the attention of older men, but something about his persona and approach set me on edge. Still, I was taught to be polite. Hi, I responded tentatively taking a step backwards and away from his intense stare. I've noticed you around the store and thought I could get your opinion on something. He unfurls a crumpled, stained copy of the toy store's weekly ad and pointedly stabs at the Barbie doll selection with his index finger. See, I'm looking for the perfect doll for my niece, and I just have no idea which one to pick. What do you think? He looks up and smiles, but his eyes are dark pools of nothingness, devoid of any real interest. This one is nice, I say, pointing to a doll at random, hardly looking at the ad. Wow, thank you. I really appreciate that. Hey, has anyone ever told you how pretty you are? 
You must go to the gym often. What gym do you go to? Taken aback by his abrupt stream of rehearsed-sounding pickup lines, I say thank you and force a laugh. I'm young and so is my friend. Our inexperience and his strange approach keeps us frozen in place. His eyes bore only into mine and his grin, wider still and deeply disconcerting, never fades from his face. Hey, do you want to be friends? I'd like very much to be friends with you. You know what friends do? They take pictures together. Let's take a picture together, since we're friends. He holds up a red flip phone with the front cover held together by a rubber band. He activates the front-facing camera, and before I can say anything, he leans into me, face uncomfortably close, and snaps a picture. He looks at it briefly, smiles, and pockets his phone. There, now we're friends, he says matter-of-factly, and turns his gaze back to me appraisingly. Stupidly, in a horrified daze, I nod. So, where are you from? Where are you going after this? What do you like to do? My friend puts her hand on my arm and I suddenly break from my stupor. We have to go, my dad's waiting, I say, and we turn to go. My last, but not final, glimpse of him is with his head cocked to the side and that wide smile spread across his face. His eyes now flicker with something I can only recall as amusement. We turn our backs and as soon as we get far enough away, we run. Fast forward to a year and a half later, I'm in my junior year of high school and on the early morning city bus heading to my first class of the day. The bus is packed and I squeeze my way to the back, reaching out a hand to grab the pole as the bus breaks sharply. I hear a whistle close to my ear. When I hear it again, I adjust my earbuds in my ears. Why isn't that person answering their phone? A hand closes right above mine on the pole. It's too close and our fingers brush, but the person holds their hand there almost intentionally. I move my hand and glance up and into the broad smile of the creepy man from the toy store. Cold chills shoot through my spine and I grip the pole even harder until my knuckles turn white. He tilts his head, still smiling his toothy grin, and says, Hi, friend. The bus is so jam-packed that there's nowhere else for me to go, so I turn my body as far away from him as possible hoping that playing dumb will work in my favor and he would go away. He leans closer still and says, Hi, do you remember me? I shake my head no and lean as far away as I can in the tight space. He frowns and looks suddenly angry. No, I know you. We met before. We're friends. I shake my head again, looking down, pretending to be engrossed in my music player. Maybe if he didn't get a full look at my face, he might think he had me confused with someone else. No, I have your picture, he says and reaches into his drawstring bag, pulling out his red flip phone held together by frayed rubber bands. All the while I'm thinking, if he sees me get off at the stop to my school, he'll know where I am every day and can find me easily, but if I get off at a random stop before my school, he could get off with me and I'll have nowhere else to go. He's still scrolling through his phone and I'm imagining all the other girls' pictures he might have on there when he asks, So, what school do you go to? I think about saying mind your own business, but remember his angry frown from before and give him the name of another school. It doesn't really make sense because this bus only goes past one high school and not the one I told him, but he nods at this and says, Hold on, I have your picture somewhere here. We're friends. 
The bus pulls up to my high school and there's nothing else I can do but to get off. While he's still preoccupied with his phone, I lose myself in the crowd and run all the way to the school. I'm shivering when I get to my first period classroom and I can hear the blood rushing in my ears. I ask my boyfriend to take the bus with me every morning for the next few weeks and I change up my route going to and from, but I don't see him again until two years later and I'm a sophomore in college. I am taking the bus home alone after a late night out with friends when I hear a weird whistle. Enough time has passed that I don't feel much alarm and exit the bus at my stop. It is completely dark out and I am one of the two people who get off. Then from behind me I hear, hello there, do you remember me? I turn around and it's him again. It's hard to make out his features in the dark, but I instantly remember the tone of his voice, recall the whistle the tilted head, and the wide toothy smile. I see what looks like a backpack strapped to the front of his chest. No, I say, and start walking faster, heart racing, wondering how fast I can run in these flip-flops. I hear him picking up speed behind me, and I dare to glance back. I glimpse him starting to run at me, his hands in his backpack, digging around for something that I don't want to know. He is angry now, smile gone, and he shouts at me. So you want to be that way? I start running and don't stop until I get home. So, to the whistling man with the backpack, no, I do not want to be your friend. Let's not meet again. I wasn't sure if this was the right sub, but this is creepy in multiple encounters, so maybe. I grew up an only child and pretty introverted, 26 now and haven't changed, so I didn't have many friends. I had a few younger cousins that lived nearby and would stop by my aunt's house most weekends. She was a troubled lady, alcoholic, but trying her best. I had three cousins, S, female and 21 at the time, A, male and 4 years old, and D, male and 1 years old. I was about 13 at the time. My aunt met a man, and we'll call him Jay. He had moved in and was the perfect type for the family man. He even had a daughter himself who was 15. Me and her became inseparable. So Jay was a brilliant uncle. He made time for all of us kids. Bought trampolines for the garden when the house got cramped. He bought a caravan for in the back garden for me and his daughter to sleep in at weekends bought us a computer, all the games we could want to play, cake for breakfast, the type of things you dream of as an awkward teen, your own space and someone that gets it. So some weekends his daughter would come over, but I still would go home and life was hectic for me, and it was a safe place. I'd watch films with him and my aunt. With hindsight the next bits, I now see as creepy back then it seemed innocent to me. My aunt would pass out, and he'd stay up asking about boys, and he'd rub my feet and tickle them. As time passed, my aunt's drinking got worse, and she went on benders. Jay started to buy me, and his daughter, cheap alcoholic pops, to have in the caravan, and he'd start coming and drinking with us. We continued going to the caravan for years. I think the time I went, I must have been 17-ish. I remember once me and his daughter had a few too many and went on the trampoline in the middle of the night, just in our underwear, 
and weirdly he appeared in the garden. A few years ago my aunt passed away and he got the house. At this point I'd had my own child and he really wanted to meet her. We took her around all good right? Well a week later his daughter rang me. He had been caught with CP on his computer and his laptop. He'd been speaking to young girls pretending to be someone else and getting pictures for them. I don't even know where. I look back and this guy was a massive part of my life, but now everything is just so creepy. Supplying us with alcohol, rubbing our feet, getting us a computer with a webcam. Wouldn't doubt he was watching us, apparently during our drunken escapade, etc. Sorry if it was long and if this isn't the right sub. I just never really got the ick factor away from this and he ruined a lot of childhood memories. So this just happened to me like 15 minutes ago and more than anything I'm just embarrassed that I couldn't have just rolled it off my back and not gotten scared. I live in a fairly low rent, shady apartment complex since I'm in college and it's what I can afford. Obviously, we're all social distancing for COVID-19 right now, but I really wanted to try and get just a little more sunlight to help keep my sanity from being home all day, every day. So, I went out of my apartment and sat on a bench near the bus stop, just to sit for a little while. I put my earbuds in and called a friend. In my peripheral vision, I could see people standing outside their doors to have cigarettes and a lady walking her dog, but we were all, at the very least, like 40 feet away from each other, so no one seemed worried. A couple were talking outside their door and for a moment I thought they were looking at me. I figured I was just being paranoid though, until the woman started walking my direction. As she was walking, I was keeping an eye on it, but trying to keep acting like I hadn't noticed. The bench I was on was near the mailboxes for the whole complex and the bus stop, so I figured there was plenty of reasons other than me she could be coming that way. That was until she stopped just in front of me. I looked up, noticed I'd seen this woman once before on the bus. She wears a lot of very heavy, dramatic makeup, including drawing on a set of eyebrows just below the ones she's already growing. She once started talking to me on my morning bus ride to school and gave me an itemized list of the things she didn't like about my face. I had just sort of smiled and nodded and then looked the other way the rest of the trip. It looked like maybe she was talking so I pulled my earbuds out and hung up on my friend abruptly. Sorry, I said. Could you call the police for me? She asked. Oh, okay, I said, picking up my phone. Actually, never mind, she said quickly. She looked nervous. Are you sure? Yeah, could I have a dollar? I told her I didn't have any change and apologized. Oh, okay. Actually, could you call the police for me? Yes, I said again, unlocking my phone. Wait, actually, it's fine, she said, now smiling at me. Now, when she said it the first time, my brain at first thought, she's not visibly injured, maybe she's in trouble. Had she been fighting with that man I saw her with before? Was she in danger? Was she being so casual with me because she needed help but didn't want to alert someone that she was trying to get it? I looked her in the eyes and said, Are you sure? I really can call someone if you need it. She said, No, it's fine. Now, some important context about me is that I have some history with trauma. 
I don't really want to elaborate too much, but the short of it is that I'm left with a lot of fear of people touching me or violating my personal space. Because some things from when I was growing up, my body now has basically the worst response when someone violates my boundaries, which is to go very limp and let the other person do whatever they want to me in hopes that if I don't struggle, they won't hurt me as much. It's basically the worst response I could have, but it's very hard to reprogram my body. Due to my mental health issues, I've also spent significant periods of my life in psychiatric hospitals for treatment. I've met a lot of different people with different issues in the hospital, so I have a bit of a sense for when someone might not be all there mentally. The longer I talked to this woman, the more of a sense I got that she was perhaps not totally in her right mind. Now, in the hospital, I've had similar experiences where someone who wasn't fully lucid cornered me and I got trapped into a potentially not safe situation. This is all made worse by my inability to A, get people to just leave me alone, and B, protect my physical space when my body's been triggered into fight or flight. In the hospital when this happens, the hope is that the staff notice and help me get away, with mixed results as a lot of things go on in hospitals that staff end up either unaware of or not noticing until it's too late, but that's a different story. So at that moment, my body decided it was time to fuck me over. I started to realize that this woman was getting closer and closer to me and probably not totally well in the head. My body started pumping adrenaline, which made my hands and legs start to feel weak. I felt like I couldn't get enough breath, and my head started to go a little fuzzy. The woman positioned herself to sit down next to me, and I started to try and get up. Hey, do you want to go walk to the store with me? She said. I stood up. Oh, sorry, I can't. I have to take my friend to, uh, somewhere. I realized I couldn't think of a lie fast enough. My brain wasn't cooperating. He's, uh, been texting me all day, and I'm sorry. Okay, she said, now standing next to me. I started to walk from the bench back over to my building. My legs were feeling pretty wobbly, but I tried to walk as casually as possible. Behind me, I could hear her following. She wasn't moving too fast. I thought maybe she thought I wouldn't notice. Still, I tried not to seem scared, not that my legs would have been able to run anyway. I got into my building about 60 seconds before her, and she was still definitely following. I kept thinking, I just need to get into my apartment and lock the door before she sees which one is mine. My apartment is on the second floor, but it's a short flight of stairs, and you can see my apartment door from the bottom where the main door to the building is. I tried to run up them, but my head was swimming and my legs weren't cooperating. It's like that feeling when you're half awake and you try to move your limbs and they sort of do what you tell them to, but not really. Like they feel sort of far away from you and only semi under your control. I made it up the stairs and luckily I had left my door unlocked. I got in and closed it behind me, just as I heard her opening the main door to the building below me. I locked all three locks on my door and went over to the window to see if I could see her. She wasn't visible from the window, which meant she was still in my building. I texted my dad and asked him if he thought I still ought to call the police. He told me I should. I went into my bedroom and called 911. Now the windows in my bedroom show the other side of the building and the back door. The operator asked for a description and if I knew where she was now. I told her I couldn't see her out my front window, so I thought she was still in the building. 
Then suddenly I saw her walk out and just stand below my window. The 911 operator said she'd send a few officers and to call them back if she left. I backed away from the window a bit. I was worried she'd see me looking at her and then know which unit I was in. She looked around her for a little bit and then just slowly started wandering away towards a different building. Within about five minutes, three cop cars, must have been a slow day, rolled in and stopped behind my apartment. They noticed her standing over by the other building, looking like she might try to talk to the woman walking her dog. Two of the officers parked and went to talk to her while the third drove off. I watched as they talked to her for a while, and then eventually the man I'd seen her talking to at the start came out of a different building than they'd been standing in front of before and seemed to coax her in. The officers let her go and talked to the woman with the dog for a moment, then drove away. I think probably they decided she has mental health issues but wasn't actively a threat to anyone, so they let it be, which is okay by me. I know that some people deal with chronic issues and can be a little alarming to the people in their community, but most of the time don't actually pose much of a threat. Now I'm just sitting here, feeling like an overdramatic fool and wanting to regain full control of my limbs and for my heart rate to go down. But lady with four eyebrows, I'd really like us to stop meeting. A few years ago, I used to help out a family member, check cows who were soon to give birth in the winter. I worked the night shift, so I would sleep in the guest room at the farm for a few hours, then go out at 2am to check the cows, which took a bit then and I'd head home. I used to do this about 3 to nights a week. The specific night I made the rounds and all was fine, so I hopped in the car and left the farm to head home. I was able to just barely pick up speed when I noticed a figure on the road. It's common to see deer. So I kept my brights on and slowed way down. As I got closer, I realized in the middle of the road, there's a man. It's winter, but he was only wearing a hoodie. He was alone, no dog, no vehicle parked by, and no other driveways nearby. But I just assumed it was someone who had a reason to be out there at 4am in the middle of nowhere, so I drove home and forgot about it. The next day, while having dinner at my sister's and brother-in-law's house, my brother-in-law had something to tell us, but waited till their kids went to bed. He told us this morning my parents woke up with a man inside their house. My heart dropped. The farmer, who was my brother-in-law's dad, woke up only to find a stranger wearing a gray hoodie, sitting at his kitchen table. He had walked right through the front door that, that used to always stay unlocked. Assuming the stranger walked straight to the farmhouse after I drove by, he would have been in their home undetected for almost three hours. Thank God the stranger was not there to harm. Rather, he was confused. He couldn't remember anything about himself or how he got there. It was as if a bad trip had led him to walk out in the middle of winter for miles with no coat and only one shoe on. Feeling uncomfortable yet realizing the stranger was not a threat, the farmer brought him to the nearest gas station in town, where the stranger had a friend come pick him up. Now the farmer and his wife always lock their doors. This happened the summer before ninth grade. I was about 13 at the time. 
I'm now 19. I was in Italy for a choir trip. To give some context to my mental state at the time, I have social anxiety and was having a really hard time as I had no friends in the choir. I basically wanted to go home from the moment I got on the plane. Anyway, we're in Rome and had boarded a tram to get to a restaurant for dinner. I was standing facing a window. At some point, a man came up behind me. I didn't really pay any attention as obviously we were on a crowded tram. I never actually saw the man's face, just his legs and torso. Everything was normal for a couple of minutes. Then I felt them press into my lower back area. I didn't think much of it at first, as I was pretty naive and just assumed it was an accident. I moved closer to the window. That's when he moved with me and continued pressing his crotch area onto me. At this point I realized this was not normal and started feeling kind of concerned. As I said though, I have social anxiety and hate confrontation, especially at that age. Luckily, an older group of girls that were also in the choir noticed what was happening and beckoned me over to join them. I managed to get away from the guy and hurried over to join them. They asked me if I was okay and I realized what he had been doing. I basically told them I was fine and one of the girls told me he had done the same thing to her. I just kind of brushed it off since I totally felt safe being away from the guy. Once we got off the tram, the other girls told the chaperones what was happening. Nothing ever came of it though. Thinking back on this event now, I'm even more weirded out than I was at the time. I was 13, and definitely looked it. There's no way this guy thought I was of age. It sickens me that someone would go after a vulnerable child, standing alone like that. I'm so thankful those girls noticed what was going on, and got me away from this total creep. So this happened to me roughly six-ish years ago. I was going through a lot. My significant other was dying from terminal cancer, but still mostly normal at this point. I don't remember why, but she was at a close friend of ours, and I was about 35 to 45 minute drive away at work. I had been given my brother's shitty Chrysler 300, as we didn't have any other vehicles at the time. A week later, a close friend gifted us a Saturn. They thought it would get us through a few months before it died. It lasted me four years totally irrelevant. Anyway, after work off at midnight, I started to drive up. I got within four to five minutes from the house and my car died at an intersection at nearly 1am. So a couple of guys in the jeep helped me push it and another guy in a pickup joins in. All three start asking if I'm okay, do I need a ride anywhere, etc. I somehow learned that the two guys were stoners, and the other one was a pastor. It's been so long I don't really remember why I found this out, but I was fresh out of Bible college by a few years, and a newly atheist. I remember the pastor had a name tag or introduced himself as pastor, so and so, but I can't remember how the guys gave away that they're stoner status. The pastor was very concerned for my safety. When I stated, I had let them take me to my friends. He asked me three times if I was sure, alone and away from them, making it clear he didn't trust my judgment. And I was totally fine, rational, right? 
So I get in these dudes cheap and I'm immediately like, thanks for the help. Wanna smoke? I got some green as a thank you. And they told me their apartment was right around the corner. We could smoke there. At this point, no creeper vibes, just friendly stoner vibes. Turns out they're twins, from my hometown, 45 minutes away. They likely knew my brother, as they definitely had friends in common, and they'd gained mild popularity in the late 90s as skaters. We hit their apartment and I smoke a bowl before heading out to drop me off. The entire time, my significant other knew what was going on, and was pretty okay with it. She was a huge stoner, so she thought it was kind of cool, actually. On the way to my friends, they said they needed to stop for gas. Cool, no biggie. We get it and start down to my friends. They've been talking non-stop the whole time about their career. Clearly, their claim to fame, and since I recognized them, they just kept going on. And one of them suddenly burst out something about how now they need to deal coke. The second brother stops dead quiet and suddenly things are super awkward. Earlier they offered me some, but had no qualms when I potentially declined, though they made the obligatory joke about my being a cop. The vibes turned super scary suddenly. The quieter brother is going on now about how they talkative one always does this shit, and opens his mouth, and I could be a fucking cop, and are you a fucking cop? Suddenly, their attention is back on me, and I'm just so afraid I'll say the wrong thing. I assure them in what I hope is a super nonchalant manner that I'm not a cop, and I don't care about what they do, just not my thing, and I wait. Brother Talker immediately takes up my side, because he's in trouble for blurting, while Brother Quiet stares me in the rearview mirror. We pull up to the house and the doors are still locked. He reiterates his question, and keeps staring, again. I smiled trying to be cool and not seem like a fucking cop, but honestly I was probably hella suspicious. He finally lets me go, I rush inside. I live in my parents home, as I am at the end of the story my senior year. This probably isn't as intense as other stories but it certainly had me freaked out. This story happened about four days ago. My family lives on a farm, so we have a large amount of land, and we're straight off the state road with a horseshoe-shaped driveway. We have a dumb trailer that sits in our yard, just because we don't have anywhere else to put it. Due to this whole self-quarantine thing, I'm home with my younger brother. I hear honking outside and out the window. I can see a white vehicle, as I'm sitting there and the vehicle is just honking, as if they're waiting for someone to come out. This made me very uncomfortable. The fact someone decided to sit there and honk and didn't want to even go out to look for fear of possibly being seen. But of course, younger siblings, being as they are, was quite obvious to how creepy this actually was and decided to walk out the front door in plain sight of the stranger in the vehicle. Me not feeling safe was just sitting there and letting my younger brother talk to the stranger, who were sitting in our driveway. Finally I got up to talk to them. I was very uncomfortable with it all, not in a way that was, I don't want to get sick, and more of a, there's a stranger who's honking their horn at my door, 
in some hindsight, you could say this might have been a whole virus in some regards, but other factors do play in. There were two men in this white truck, and one who spoke to me was in the passenger seat. The driver seemed quite nervous. Every time I refused to give them any information, he ended up starting the vehicle, and his friend had kept on insisting to keep talking, which led him in the cycle of turning the truck on and off again. The first time I take note of this guy had a very heavy accent, which I still can't pin. The best estimation I have is something European. He's asking about the dumb trailer in my yard, if it's for sale, which I say no, it's not. He asked if someone else is home, that he could talk to. I didn't hear exactly who he wanted since his friend had turned on the engine again. My best guess is either a husband or my father. As he kept talking about, tell him, have him call. Well, I'm not married and my father was at work, so I said no. And if he really wanted to see someone, he'd have to come back at a later time. Then he insisted on giving his number still refusing to leave the vehicle. While I say no, there's no point in getting his number, the trailer isn't for sale, and anyone in my household would echo the exact same thing, but he insists. I get a paper and something to write down his number. He asked me to come close to write it down his number, where I noticed the next thing, his number. His area code was a Massachusetts number. We were in Pennsylvania, now he has me get close right up to the window, which completely throws the whole distance thing out. They just didn't want to get out of the vehicle, which is what really made me uncomfortable. I was too afraid to go back in my house. I didn't truly want to irritate these people and turn back by refusing, so I just followed what they asked to get them the hell out of my driveway, ASAP. I told my parents all this once they had gotten home gave them the number which they didn't call because it all seemed too suspicious. My dad decided to pull out a gun for me to keep nearby just in case someone broke in the house. As my father said when I told them why they said they stopped, if the trailer was for sale there would be a for sale sign. So my city is one that is under a state of emergency because of the whole convict situation. The streets are fairly dead, especially this late at night. I live on a pretty busy street too. I was taking my dog out to pee around 4.30am. Our backyard isn't fenced so I basically take her out on a walk around the house. And when I get to the driveway I saw a man on the other side of the road, just standing there, facing my direction. He was wearing all black with a hoodie and hood up, because that's the creepiest thing you can do of course, right? Anyways, I brush it off and I just want my dog to be quick so I can go inside. I figured if I keep an eye on him I'll be fine. My dog is super reactive and she didn't notice him. She was too busy sniffing out the pee. When the guy starts snapping like over and over, snapping his fingers, thankfully my dog was still preoccupied but I wasn't about to wait for this weirdo to pull anything else. So I turn around and walk, back up my driveway. He's still snapping, but now I swear I hear him walking. I wasn't about to turn around and find out. I just booked it up the back steps and into the house. I told my roommate, and we're both pretty freaked out. 
and started checking out all the windows. He was nowhere to be found. But my dog has been on guard since coming inside. She's running from the front door to the back door. If I ever get snapped at again, I'm moving out. Hey guys, I want to thank you so much for listening. If you haven't yet, please consider clicking that subscribe button and bell icon to get notified of all future videos. I try to post around 5 times a week. And if you have a store of your own you'd like to be featured on the channel, head over to my subreddit, r slash Jensen Official. And if you want to get early access to my videos, head over to my Patreon, where only $1 a month you can get that. And I also have some other fun perks. I've also got merch now all over on Spreadshirt. I as well offer all of my videos on my podcast that can be found on all major podcast services. All links will be located in the description field. Hope everyone's having a good night and remember, keep it spooky.